So today, uh, I don't have a long message for you today because we have the business meeting at the end of the service and I don't want to take up a ton of your day. So this should be no more than two hours. Um, so <laughs> uh, first thing I want to say, welcome to the most wonderful time of the year, right? It's just, you get that song stuck in your head the rest of the day. You're welcome. Um, the start of the Christmas season, I'm sure many of you have had your, uh, oops, we'll get back to that. Many of you have your homes decorated. And, uh, you know, you've got all of your Christmas movies picked out. You've got this stack of DVDs next to the TV, right? You know, so who has their favorite Christmas movies? Oh, oh, shut up. You all do. You just, he's going to call on me. Yep. So, uh, so now let me, let me ask you, what, what is your favorite Christmas movie? <laughs> now the question then, that's the question of the century. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie or not? I think it is because it's about a Christmas party that went bad. But anyway, we're just, that, that's a different thing. So what, what other Christmas movies? Home Alone. Home Alone. That's awesome. About an abandoned child. I love this. <laughs> What's that? Christmas in Conway. Christmas in Conway. Wow, I've never actually heard that. Nice. Nice. Scrooge gets saved in that movie. Gonzo says it at the end. There's nothing to worry about. Scrooge is saved. White Christmas. Oh, this is good. That's a good one. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. The toy that saved Christmas. You know, Buzzsaw Billy. It's all good. <laughs> it's a wonderful life. Colored or black and white? Yes. Yes. The, the original. That's right. Yeah. One of my favorite scenes in the, if you, if you don't know much about the, uh, it's a wonderful life. There's a scene towards the end where Uncle Billy's walking away uh, a little bit tipsy from a party and there's this loud crash. And all of a sudden, uh, and what happened was on the, on the movie set, one of the, one of the, the guys carrying the, the tins with the film in it dropped him. It wasn't planned. It was just bang and this loud noise and he improvised. He goes, I'm all right. I'm all right. It's just a great little line in the movie. You love it when stuff like that happens. Everyone's got like their favorite things about the season, you know? There's, there's so many things that go on in, in Christmas. Um, but Samantha knows that for me, um, Christmas is, it's always been kind of an iffy season. It's like I can take it or leave it. I'm, I'm not a Christmas hater. Don't, don't, don't go there. But it's, it's never been a big part of my life. It was never a big part of my life growing up. And as an adult, I didn't have any money when I was, before I got married or quite a while after I got married. Uh, so <laughs> really, there really wasn't a whole lot going on. So it was, it's, it's, I've always been, just, it's kind of an interesting thing, um, you know, back and forth. And of course, it's, you know, gotten a bad rap because it's become the retail season. You say, oh, it's the holiday season, and then that's the retail season. And the craziest things happen, like the picture that you accidentally saw a few minutes ago. This is an actual tree that made it to the news from a single mother who wanted to make sure that her children didn't feel left out. I'm wondering if there's a child under that. Or a dog that just really wasn't thinking about where it was sleeping. Now, if it was a cat, I wouldn't care, but you know. <laughs> it's, it's always such an amazing season. I'm hopefully, you know, you've all recovered from whatever bruises you've sustained during Black Belt Friday, you know. As you're walking through the stores, there's always crazy stuff that happens there, during this time of the year. You see it on the news, you know, crazy stuff happens. There's actually a website, blackfridaydeaths.com, that tracked the number of people who lose their life in stores on Black Friday. Are we serious? It's a real website. I'm not kidding. Tragic uh, death. But, but this, is, this is what, it's just the most wonderful time of the year. 
I don't go shopping during December unless I have to. You know, like, we don't have milk. Stewart's, that's where I'm headed. I'm headed down to Stewart's. I don't want to go to a grocery store. I don't need to see that many sets of Christmas pajamas in Walmart. Um, (laughs) It's interesting how you think this is the most wonderful time of the year and the time of family gatherings and getting togethers, but we all go to great lengths to avoid seeing each other, right? We don't necessarily want to spend time with family because we had enough of their political wisdom at Thanksgiving, but they're coming. (laughs) There's another dinner down the road. And you get people, it's, you think, you know, it's, it's so happy, so joyous this time of year. But some people are the grumpiest that they are all year round during this time of the year. And it's amazing to me. I, I mean, Samantha and I used to look at going into stores when they actually had cashiers. You remember that? When there were people, there was a box at the front of the store and you'd put stuff on a belt and then they would ring it out for you and put it in bags. It was amazing. It was a long time ago. <laughs> but there would be people at the, at the, at the, at the, at the cashier stand, and, and they say things to you, like, happy holidays. Because that's what the store will allow them to say, and they're not allowed to say anything else, because you don't want to be offensive to anybody. But there's always the well-meaning, spirit-filled believer with the badge on their coat that says, it's Merry Christmas! It's a time of joy and hope and love! You evil person. And they're like, I'm sorry. Take your candy cane and go. (laughs) Or you find the person who's completely losing their mind because that thing that they saw over the summer, you know, around June, July, isn't in the store anymore. And they didn't get it when they should have. And it's obviously the store's fault. (laughs) But it is the most wonderful time of the year. It does take time for us to understand the true meaning of Christmas because there's so many things that happen, so many things that are moving so fast in our lives, especially, you know, just coming off of elections and things like that. So many things that are happening. We can lose sight of what the holiday actually is. Um, But that shouldn't stop us. No matter what's going on in the world, no matter what's going on around you, whether or not you're, you're tired of stores not saying Merry Christmas or just saying Happy Holidays, you're tired of people poo-pooing Christmas, you're tired of the things going on, it shouldn't stop us. All that stuff should not stop us from celebrating what we know is the meaning of these days. Whether other people celebrate it or not should be irrelevant. What should be celebrated is, is us. We should be celebrating the birth of our Lord and Savior, no matter what else is going on in the world. At the end of the day, whether or not someone knows, uh, the, uh, it comes down to whether or not someone knows Christ. If they don't know Christ, then it doesn't make any difference how much we want to educate them on the true meaning of the holiday. They're never going to get it. So let them celebrate in any which way they know. And you show them something wonderful, something loving, and something gracious, something joyful. And then maybe they'll attach themselves to it at another time, I was listening to a, a couple people in Stewart shop a couple days ago, and uh, I tried. I, I, I'm not, I, I'm not an eavesdropper, but I've been working with music and sound for a long time. I hear everything, and it's annoying sometimes. I, I just, I hear everything. 
So when I'm in a store and I hear people talking, like I, I try to tune it out, but sometimes it just doesn't happen. There's a couple of people talking in Stewart's, and a guy was in there. He goes, "Hey, uh, you know, what are you doing for Christmas?" He's just making small talk. He's just he's just trying to, to be nice. And the person behind the counter was like, "I'm a non-participator." I went, "Oh no, what's about to happen?" <laughs> Because they were adamant about it. You know, I'm a non-participator. I'm going to just go, oh, nothing. You know, they had to make the statement. And the guy goes, oh, oh, why? <laughs> Unless you want to know, don't ask. <laughs> you know? And what they said was, well, because, and, and, and I'm not, this is, this was the quote. Christmas is the root of all evil. <laughs> and I went, oh, no. Oh, no. And I knew the person enough to know that they attended church. <laughs> and I'm thinking, what is happening? What is about to happen? How is Christmas the root of all evil? Well, I think I know what the person actually meant. I think they were talking about commercialism and greed and, you know, money, the root of all evil, whatever. It's what it's, it's, even if you think money's the root of all evil, please go back and, you know, and, and reread it. Love of money. Love of money. But how is it that Christmas can be the root of all evil? And I know, uh, because I used to attend some, I used to attend one of these churches, there's a lot of churches around our world who will teach you from the pulpit that if you celebrate Christmas, you're not actually a Christian. If you have a Christmas tree in your house, you're not actually a Christian. You, 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 because these were pagan holidays that were, that were brought into the church, repackaged, renamed, and then we call them Jesus' birthday. Well, here's the hard part. Yeah, they, they are. The winter solstice is a pagan holiday. Bringing trees into your house and decorating them is a pagan tradition. It, yeah, you know what? It was, it was taken by Christians, repackaged, and, and turned into a celebration of the birth of Christ. So what? You know, if you look at a calendar, there are people all over the world who have the same birthday as Hitler. <laughs> I'm pretty sure on their birthday, when they blow out those candles, they're not thinking of celebrating that horrible individual. They're thinking about something else. And so we can be moving into the holidays and we can be looking at this and it can be the same days and it doesn't make any difference because I'm not celebrating anything other than the birth of my Savior. And we don't know what day he was born on. Who cares? Half the time, I don't remember what day I was born on. Every now and then, I'll look at Samantha and be like, how old am I? (laughs) It's not very reassuring the older you get. And you're younger, it's funny. When you get older, you're like, "Uh uh-oh. (laughs) but we're simply celebrating what we know we're celebrating and we should leave the rest of it off to the side where it belongs because it doesn't matter none of that stuff matters when you think of christmas what comes to mind one of the things that i found over the years that even in the church we say things like it's jesus's birthday it's the baby in the manger and those are all correct they're absolutely correct it's also incomplete It's like saying the gospel message is Jesus on the cross, which is true. It's a part of it, but there's so much more to it. And when it comes to Christmas and the holiday, it's more than just the baby in the manger. You know, the manger's empty. The baby grew up, became a man. There's so much more to Christmas than just that moment. There are things that culminate in that moment. There are things that become real because of that moment. But there's so much more to this. I just, I just want to share three of them with you. Uh, when I, as I was thinking about this, what are the 
three things that I think of when I, when I think about Christmas. Now, granted, I tend to be, I'm a boring academic, but so that's just the way this, that, that works. But I think about so much more than just the baby in the manger or the trip to Bethlehem. One of the things I think about is that Christmas is the first step in fulfilling a 4,000-year-old promise. 4,000-year-old promise. God made us a promise, and for 4,000 years, he put pieces together to make this promise happen. A lot of times when we talk about the prophecies of Jesus and we talk about the virgin birth, one of the first places people will go to is Isaiah. And it says, all right then, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Look, the virgin will conceive, uh, uh, will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and you will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Now that's the first time a biblical prophet makes mention of the coming of the Messiah. So first mentioned through scripture of the coming of the Messiah, but it's not the first time it's mentioned. It's the first time a prophet mentions it. The very first time it's mentioned, it actually comes from the mouth of God himself. He says, I will cause hostility. This is in Genesis chapter three, verse 15. He says, I will cause hostility. Your Bible might say enmity, not enmity, enmity. Between you and the woman, between your offspring and her offspring, and he will strike your head, you will strike his heel. This is right after the fall of man, before the curse is actually placed on mankind. As God is cursing the devil himself, he lets him know, we're going to fight. That's, that's literally what that word means. He's, still, he's looking at the devil. He's already cursed the animal, and now he's, cur- now he's bringing the judgment down on the devil, and he says, we're going to fight. This isn't over. This is not over. You may have won a battle. You already lost the war. Because I'm going to get this back. I am going to step out of his, out of, out of the eternal and I'm going to step into the temporal and I'm going to reclaim what is mine. Now I want you to think about something. When mankind fell, it was not just humanity that lost something. We know we lost something major. We lost our connection with the, with the Heavenly Father. We lost our connection with our Creator. We were disconnected in sin. But have you ever stopped to think that God lost something too? It's hard for us to come to a place where we realize that we weren't the only ones who who, who lost in that scenario. The devil took something from God. God lost a possession. Sometimes it's, it's hard for us to think about that. God can't lose anything, right? No, God lost a possession and the possession he lost was you. It was humanity. It was his creation. His creation was separated from him in the manner in which he wanted to be connected to us. God is still here. He can still be among us. He can still spe- he can still speak to us. But the, the reason he created us, that spiritual connection that was between us, was gone. And it was gone because of the presence of sin. And God said, we're going to fight. This, this is not over. We're going to fight. And he made a promise. And the promise basically breaks down like this. What was lost in our disobedience to the word of God would be redeemed through our obedience to the word of God. In Genesis, Adam and Eve were given the word of God directly from the mouth of God. Don't eat from that tree. Then Satan steps in, convinces us to do exactly what God told us not to do. We were disobedient to the word of God. And then God says, we're going to fight. We're going to fight in a way that you're not prepared to fight. And then for 4,000 years, God painstakingly puts the pieces in place for our redemption. It's pretty amazing. Which brings me to point number two. Christmas is 
the receiving of the greatest gift ever offered. It's not the knowledge of the greatest gift ever offered. This is why those who don't know the Lord will never be able to celebrate Christmas the correct way. They'll never experience the joy that a Christian can have during, uh, uh, during Christmas because they don't know what they're celebrating. They might be celebrating the really pretty nativity scene down the road. It doesn't matter. It's the birth of Christ. It's the redemption of our soul. It's the forgiveness of our sin. It's our entrance into heaven. That's what we're celebrating. It's the receiving of the greatest gift ever offered. Now, have you ever had a gift that um, no one put any thought into at all? Anyone ever gotten a gift from an office party? You know, you get the name for the person in the office party and you get Chris and you're thinking, this guy's going to love these, uh, love this gift, whatever it is. And you found out that Chris was short for Christine at the party and you realize you're about to get fired. Something's wrong. Because you didn't put any thought into that gift. You did no research. You don't know what that person wants. You don't know what they like. You know nothing. You, you just, you did not think the gift through. Now, sometimes we just make mistakes. Sometimes, you know, as guys, I under, I understand this. As a, as a man, I understand the idea of not thinking the gift process through. I'll give you a quick little example. When we first got married, me and Samantha and I first got married, I made a very classic mistake that a lot of men make. And I thought I could pick clothes out for my wife. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, guys, you may not be aware of this, but the size on the hanger in the store is not necessarily the size of the garment, okay? So I pick out what I think is a pretty dress for my thin wife, and the hanger says extra small. And in my mind, I'm thinking this dress has pleats in it. No, it didn't. That dress was a replacement cover for the carrier dome. I could have strapped that on my back and jumped out of a plane and been perfectly safe all the way down. And she's so sweet. She opened it up. She was like, oh, this is so nice. Have you ever seen the Christmas story when Ralphie comes down in the bunny outfit? I don't want to wear it. No, you all could have worn it at the same time. I kept the receipt, <laughs> okay? And I don't think I've ever bought her some, another piece of clothing ever. Usually at Christmas, I'm like, hey, honey, would you mind putting stuff in your Amazon cart? Because I'm unwilling to go down that road again. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. It's just not going to happen. But there are other times where you do put a lot of effort into a gift. And I have had those moments too. Shining beacons of hope in my life of gift giving. Have any of you ever heard of the Christmas pickle? It's an awesome little gift. Now, we don't have kids, so we, we, we used to use it a lot. Of, and, and we would, you know, the idea of the Christmas pickle is people get their gifts or whatever. And the Christmas pickle's hanging on the tree somewhere. And, you, you know, only one person knows where it is. And the person who finds the Christmas pickle Christmas morning gets whatever the extra gift, gift is. So it means to me that they used to pass it back and forth each year. And, you know, and the idea was you weren't allowed to open that gift until you found the pickle. Well, one year I had a brilliant idea. 
We actually were at a point where we were making, you know, more money than we needed to live off of, which was great because you could do fun things. So I decided to do something that I couldn't do when we got married. When we got married, obviously, Samantha married me for my money. <laughs> yeah. And obviously, she's really bad at math. Um, so, uh, <laughs> so we couldn't get a ring. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't buy her a ring. Um, the, the ring that uh, we got married with, the diamond that she has, is, was actually um, given to me by her mother, which I think was given to her, her mother by her grandmother or something like that. And uh, I couldn't buy a ring, so I thought, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy her a ring that's not from Walmart. One with a real jewel in it. Her birthstone's a ruby, so I went to an actual jeweler. And when you walk into a jeweler as a guy and who's really never been in a jewelry store before, I think there is like this weird spidey sense that all of the female attendants in there know. They're completely aware of how oblivious you are. And so I walk in and I, I, I said, I'd really like some help picking out a ring. They were like, Christmas holiday is paid for. So we, we walk in and I, I wanted, uh, 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 it was a, uh, it, it was a ruby with a couple of diamonds next to it. Uh, and, and, uh, and it was just, just nice and it was wonderful. And I thought, I'm going to do this really cool. So I took the ring box. And I opened it up, and I took the Christmas pickle out, and I shoved the Christmas pickle inside the ring box. And then I took the ring. This is a couple of weeks before, before Christmas. I took the ring, and I hung it on the tree. A couple of weeks before Christmas, because I was going to be like, <laughs> We get up Christmas morning, and I'm like, now, now, Samantha will tell you, I am the worst gift giver on the planet. You know, I will buy something and be like, I got you something. You want to guess what it is? My birthday's not for three months. I know. You want to guess what it is? Or do you just want me to tell you? That, that's kind of how I am. And she was so impressed that I kept this totally cool. I was like, didn't even bother. Chances are I actually just probably just forgot. But, but either way, I get the credit for that. So that, that morning, she, she, she opens up. We do the rest of our gifts, and I'm not saying a word. You know, just like, this is going to be so cool. She reaches in her, in her stocking. I didn't even wrap the thing. It was just like, a, you know, and she grabs it. Oh, and she's thinking, oh, he got me jewelry. This is, I'm going to do my best to smile and make it nice. And she opens it up and she sees the Christmas pickle. All of a she goes, aha, I know what's going on. So she grabs the pickle and on the inside of the cover is the name of the jeweler. She realizes this is not from Walmart. Or Tarjay. <laughs> so she starts to get really excited. Spends a little time hunting around the tree. And I'm like, you know, warm, cold. I don't even know if I was right because I couldn't remember where I put it. <laughs> yeah, never found it still in the tree. But that was like a shining moment where you actually put thought into a gift. And, and, and the person remembers and it's just kind of nice. Think about that. God spent 4,000 years preparing the gift of Christmas morning for you. 4,000 years. Think about this. Working through his prophets, he told us how to understand sin and righteousness. He taught us what the cost of sin would be and how high that cost would be. He showed us how difficult it was to cover sin. He showed us that the, he, he told us that the Messiah Jesus, our Redeemer, would be sent. He told us when he would be born. He told us where he would be born. He told us that he would be born of a virgin. Over 300 prophecies of the Messiah, all fulfilled in the life of Christ. 
300 times through the Old Testament, he gives us glimpses into the Messiah. He gave us these things so that those who believed would recognize when the time of our redemption was at hand. He wants us to know. Now think about this. Think of the time and the effort that the Lord put into that gift to send us a savior and the number of people who simply turn it down, just blanketly turn it down. They don't want anything to do with it. They're not impressed. Whatever their reason is, I'm sure it has to be a knife to the heart of God every time a person says no to him. Every time someone is aware of who the Savior is and they close their eyes on this side of eternity for the last time and they wake up to the realization of their mistake on the other side of eternity, that's got to be a knife to the heart of God. Because I know sometimes when I do a silly little gift and the person's like, oh, that's nice. Like, that, that, that hurts just, just here. This is a forever. As believers... While we're on this side of eternity, there should be a question that we consider. And that question is, do we show the Lord the proper gratitude for the gift that he has given us? Do we show God appreciation for the gift that we actually have? Do we honor him in that? Do we show the Lord the proper gratitude for his son? Do our lives and our attitude and our family and our public displays of faith honor that gift? Or do they actually hide it? Do we go to more, do we go to more effort to show our faith to the people around us or to hide it from them so we don't get ridiculed publicly for it? I know a lot of people and I've known a lot of people over the years who publicly say that and openly say they're thankful for the promise of heaven. But they live their lives as though there is no judgment to face that there are no standards, there's no absolute morality, they have no fear of God's standards of righteousness in the face of their own wickedness. See, they're, they're dishonoring the gift. Now you think about this in Romans chapter 3, verses 10 through 18. Paul says, as the scripture says, no one is righteous, not even one. No one is truly wise. No one is seeking God. All have turned away. All have become useless. No one does good. Not a single one. Their talk is foul. There's uh, like the stench of an open grave. Their tongues are filled with lies. Snake venom drips from their lips. Their mouths are full of cursing and bitterness. They rush to commit murder. Destruction and misery always follows them. They don't know where to find peace. And this is probably the scariest part of all. They have no fear of God at all. We love the image of the baby in the manger. He's so cute. Little lamb next to him. But we forget. Jesus did not all only come as a child. He also come, came as a warrior. Jesus commands the armies of God. Jesus will stand there at the time of our judgment. He's either going to say, they're with me or, or not. And we'll be able to know by the way we live our lives. There is an unfortunate truth that not everyone will be saved. But there is also an even scarier truth that everyone can be. That everyone can be. There's a lot of churches that will teach a doctrine of what's called election. And the doctrine of election says that God chose people from the beginning of time who would be saved and who wouldn't. Well, I have a problem with that. The problem I have with it comes from Scripture. 
It's because the language of Scripture doesn't show me that. Check this out in 2 Peter 3, 8 through 9. It says, But you must not forget this one thing, dear friends. A day is like a thousand years to the Lord, and a thousand years is like a day, meaning time means nothing to him. The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he's being patient for your sake. Listen to this. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. Not everyone will be saved, but everyone can. Last piece, and this is my conclusion, the number three. Christmas is the manifestation of God's commitment to redeem his creation. Love has a name. And that name is Jesus. Listen to this part in John three sixteen through 21. We love just John three sixteen, but there's so much more to it. If you just keep reading, it gets better. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. There is no judgment against anyone who believes in him, but anyone who does not believe him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only son. It's because the world is already away from God. See, we are born into a world that's separated from God. We're already judged. The only way to get out of that judgment is faith in the son, in the gift that God sent us. He says, and the judgment is based on this fact. God's light came into the world, but people love darkness more than the light, for their actions were evil. All who do, e- do evil hate the light and refuse to go near it for fear that their sins will be exposed. But those who do, what's right, who, who do what is right come to the light so others can see that they are doing what God wants. As we spend time throughout this holiday season, I'd like us to think about two things. One, enjoy the holidays. Enjoy the days. Have fun with this. Put up crazy decorations. Put up a Grinch snow globe, snow globe in your front yard. Why not? You know? For, for some of you, it's just, you know, it's just like talking to yourself. <laughs> some of you will get that on the way home. <laughs> Maybe your heart will grow three times that day. You know, I don't know. Enjoy the day. Don't worry about what other people are doing. Don't, rather, don't worry about whether or not they're, they're, partaking of the holidays in, in the way that you think they should, it doesn't make any difference. Show people the love that they deserve to be they deserve to see. And secondly, let's not let's not forget to stay focused on the things that matter. God sent his son, not for a holiday, not for presents, not for trees, but to give us hope and light in a very dark world. He did this not to save a special few, but to save as many as possible. I titled this message, Every Life is Precious. And it is because it's his desire that none should perish, but all should come to repentance through faith in his son. And his son came into this world on this day we celebrate as a baby, helpless, frail, put his life in literally our hands so that we might have a choice to be with him forever. And I am eternally grateful for that. It really is the most wonderful time of the year. Let it be. Amen. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for this time of the year. I want to thank you for the for the craziness of the season. I want to thank you 
for the for the madness of the shopping experiences. I want to thank you for all of the stuff and the baggage and the weirdness and the joy that comes with this, Lord. Let us enjoy every moment of it so that as your word says, those who love the light can show it to other people because we do what is right. And this, this season, Lord, help us to do what is right, to celebrate you, to celebrate your name, to celebrate the gift of your son as you deserve. Let us honor you in these days. In Jesus' name, amen.